What's up, everybody? and Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, well, it's early Saturday, October 29th, 2016, and you guys are listening to episode 278. How the hell are you? How is everybody doing? I hope everybody had a good time in between shows. Uh, I am here in my hotel room in Portland, Maine, where I performed last night uh, in such a cool, unbelievable crazy, just dope situation, which I'll explain to you guys. Um, We finished the third installment of a four-part tour, which ends tomorrow in Salem, Massachusetts. I guess the witches, the the home of the witches, and I guess like the Halloween capital of the world. It's like, I heard it's like, basically the example I got was going into Salem on Halloween weekend is like going into Times Square on uh, on New Year's Eve. So I didn't understand why everybody kept talking about Salem on Halloween. And I guess it's like the biggest Halloween party in the world. It's the biggest costume party in the like in the world. There's just like the streets. I heard it's just absolute like Mardi Gras, like Times Square when the ball drops. And uh, we're doing a venue there uh, tomorrow night and then the tour ends. I will talk about the Portland show last night. Um... Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Got an unacceptable. Of course, I'm getting into it with people on Facebook during this election. Don't worry. It's only like a week and a half away. I can't resist. I try to stay away from these people. I try to keep my mouth shut. And then I end up having a conversation with somebody that doesn't want to hear logic or reality. And when somebody's not kind of down to earth or when somebody's so one-sided, me being the fucking prideful, independent, open-minded see both sides of the coin type of guy, I got to go in and, and get crazy. So I will talk about that as well. Um, uh, what else? Some, yeah, some sports. Uh, the Giants talk about the World Series started with a team that has to win, uh, that has not won for a long time. We will get into that. My back is a mess. I might need surgery. That sucks. Um <laughs> But uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, so uh, let's get into the show. But first, before I get into it, let's talk about the sponsor, City Living Dog, guys. Go to citylivingdog.com, one of the best trainers, Coach Mike. He's one of the best dog trainers out there. Go to citylivingdog.com and go to all of his social media outlets. Go to his Facebook. He does um, Facebook Live on there, and he'll show you uh, what he's doing with these dogs. You could see amazing YouTube clips if you go to City Living Dog. And uh, you check out Coach Mike, you'll see what this guy does with uh, some aggressive dogs. The guy is just, uh, you know, he knows how to do it. He knows how to mold the dog to what you need. He knows how to make the, you know, he'll even go out and uh, help you pick a dog. Please tell him that uh, Paul Verzi and the Verzi Effect sent you. But go to City Living Dog and Coach Mike, citylivingdog.com, and all of his social media outlets. Um, The guy is truly great at what he does. Also, drink more good. Go to drinkmoregood.com and uh, order Drink More Good. Uh, what it is, it, it, it's a basically a um, organic uh, syrups that you put into your seltzer. It is a healthy substitute for sodas. All organic. Um, there is no preservatives. There's nothing artificial. They have amazing different flavors. Um, and you can go at your pace uh, with, the, with the syrups. Ginger ale and uh, handcrafted um, citrus and all of these amazing flavors. They got a jalapeno flavor. They got all kinds of crazy, amazing, refreshing stuff that you can put into your seltzer. And uh, if you want it strong, you put a lot in. If you don't, you go, at your, uh, you go how you like it. But um, it's uh, healthy. It's delicious. 
They uh, can also be used, their uh, syrups, their organic syrups can also be used for cocktails, cooking, baking, marinades, all that stuff. Um, they have a store in Beacon, New York, um, and you could check all their information out at um, at uh, drinkmoregood.com. That's drinkmoregood.com, and you can put in the passcode GOODMAKER. And you will get 20% off, okay? And they'll know that that is coming from TVE and myself. So just put in Good Maker if you want it. But check it out. I don't know if you're a seltzer guy, uh, flavored seltzer guy. I am, so uh, check that out. And also, All Things Comedy, guys. Go to allthingscomedy.com uh, for your favorite uh, comedy podcasts, like The Verzi Effect, like my buddy Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast, like Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. Uh, Jason Lawhead's Lawhead's Court. There's a bunch. There's so many. Uh, Burt Kreischer's Burtcast. There's just, I mean, there's like 70-something podcasts. Uh, so if you love comedy podcasts, and I think some on there might not even be all comedy, but you could check it out if you go to All Things Comedy. Follow them on Twitter at All Things Comedy. Okay, everybody. I'm in Portland, Maine right now. I am looking to do my last show tomorrow and then get home so I can hang with the family, and uh, yeah, last year, was it last year or two years ago, I was not home for Halloween, I want to be home for Halloween, um, and uh, I'm going to be, so I'm looking forward to that, Halloween, it's weird, the older I get, the more I like Halloween, you know, like, I feel like Halloween used to just be like, ah, it could be a weeknight, and there's school, and it's not really like a holiday, because I didn't really take Halloween for what it was. Halloween is like, I kind of look at it like they do that Fright Fest on T, uh, TV. I think it's like uh, AMC or one of those channels. And for the whole month of October, it's just like horror movies. And it's all the, you know, the the Jasons and the Mike Myers and the Halloween and the, the Freddy Krueger and all that shit. And it's like nostalgic. It brings you back. It brings you back to when you were younger. And um, I love those horror movies, even though when you watch them now, they're so fucking cheesy and corny and like when somebody's head gets cut off it's clearly like this rubber thing where you even see like the rubber like vibrating when they're holding it by the hair it's just it's so bad you know like I can't even believe back in the 80s and like early 90s they would cut a head off and be like yeah hold it up to the camera and nobody ever said all right cut dude this is a toy like this (laughs) this looks ridiculous it's so ridiculous um but it's still cool, man, and it brings you back to when you were a kid. So I'm looking at Halloween different now. I'm looking at Halloween like the build-up to the 31st. Um, and my wife, here's the funniest thing about my wife. My wife is such a sucker for discounted candy. It's not about the money. It's not about saving money. She just can't believe or wrap her head around the fact that she could get all of this candy for 75% off the day after. So we have like leftover. Like, we just have, like, all these candies year-round because my wife, like, even after uh, Valentine's Day. You know, after Valentine's Day, like, the candies are 75% off. You could get, like, fucking 15 pounds of chocolate for, like, $1.99. My wife can't wrap her head around it. It's almost like she's got to grab all of it. She's like the person who, like, has a timer in in those game shows where you just go in the fucking supermarket with a cart and take all the shit. That's what she does. Um, So we have candy all over the house. The kids are, you know, trying on their costumes and uh, I like Halloween, so I'm, I'm kind of into it. And I think that it's uh, an underrated holiday. I used to not even put it in the... I mean, let's be honest. The big, the big three can't be touched. And by the big three, I mean Thanksgiving, Christmas, and, and New Year's Eve. I mean, those are the big three, and those are pretty hard to beat. I mean, Easter Sunday's nice. And, um, 
you know, there, there's, I mean, 4th of July is great. Like, there's some really good holidays, but Halloween is definitely um, underrated, I think. Now, I will say this. People that truly get scared uh, when they go to, like, haunted hayrides or, like, you know, they get scared of some dude who got out of work early to put on makeup and jump out of a fucking closet. Like, that's, it's a little ridiculous. Like, the guy's not going to touch you or grab you or do anything, and if he does, you could kick the shit out of him. Like, there's no reason to be scared. Like, these people like, dude, I went to this haunted hayride. It was so fucking scary. I swear to God. It was so, it's like, it's not scary. It's not, you know? I don't even understand people that don't like horror movies. You know, these people, like, I can't. I just can't. It's like, what? You can't see actors? You can't see fucking actors <laughs> dressed up in a costume that's complete pretend. You don't understand that there's like a table with donuts and coffee when the director says cut and they're all standing around like zombies laughing, probably talking about the election with fucking donut sprinkles on their chin. Like you think it's real? Do you really think people are coming out of the ground? Like can you can you separate it? I don't understand that. People are like, no, nah, I just don't like to see that. I don't like to see the gore. I don't like to see blood. And it's like, it's, 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 it's a make pretend production. Do you understand that? It's a make pretend. It's a joke, dude. It's like, I don't understand these people that truly get scared. It's like, watch it for the fun. Now, listen, there can definitely be some gory shit. There can definitely be some intense moments where you're like, wow, that definitely made me jolt. But at the end of the fucking day, it's, it's, it's paid employees <laughs> doing their job. Like, I don't, I, I never understood that. And it's almost like going to a comedy show and getting upset about what the comedian says. It's like, you got to understand, you got to kind of take it a certain way because it's comedy. When you watch a horror movie, now listen, if you don't, I, look, I know there's some people, like my wife doesn't like watching gore or blood or horror movies. And I, I get that. Like, I think there's some people just, there's an innocence that gets taken away when you see somebody get their fucking head cut off. I'm just taking it for what it is. I'm like, all right, look, I'm not for murder. I'm not for killing. I'm not for blood everywhere. I'm not for people screaming and losing loved ones. I'm not for that. But when they make a movie about it and it's interesting and like gets you kind of like, oh, get you going, just take it for that. You know, but go, yeah, we went to this, we went to this haunted mansion and they say it might really be haunted, but these people pop out and it was so scary. It's like, you understand why they're opening it two weeks before Halloween? Like it's, they're making money. Like it's part of the... You know, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I just find it a little unacceptable that grown adults, not kids. Listen, when I was a little kid, you know, my friends would even be part of a haunted house. And they would jump out and they'd call my name and I'd be freaking out because I was a little kid. You want to know why? Because I, was, I wasn't an adult who was able to understand that zombies don't pop out of closets and start going, eh, and grab you. Because that's not reality. That's not, <laughs> that's not real. That doesn't, that doesn't happen. You know, it's, it's make pretend. And I'm able to, uh, you know, you know, understand that. Um, so <laughs> I know there's somebody listening right now who hates horror movies and probably likes my podcast and I like Verzi's a dick. You know what I'm saying, guys. I'm just saying like, take it for what it is. That's all I'm saying. Okay. The haunted hayride that you're going to go on is not the scariest thing in the world. Okay. The scariest thing in the world is a doctor coming in going, we have a problem. The scariest thing in the world is you being on an airplane and them saying, we have to make an emergency landing because there's no more fucking engines. That's scary. Okay, a man in a white mask holding a fucking machete uh, while you're sitting in a movie theater with candy, popcorn, and drinks, it's not scary. Like, you can get out and go to the bathroom and fucking go play an arcade. Like, it's not, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing's going to happen. <laughs> ah, I'm fired up today. I'm fired up today. I don't know why. I should be tired. I actually should be tired. Um, but so I'm in Portland, Maine, and um, 
so I'm doing this um, this four city tour with um, these guys, uh, Jay and Mike. They own the Hangover Pub in Worcester, Massachusetts, and uh, there's an amazing chef. And they had they came up with this idea that they wanted to take their chef, their bartender, a singer, a comedian. Um, they even have a tattoo artist uh, from uh, L.A. This dude Opie Ortiz, who did like the the band Sublimes, all their all their artwork and stuff on their album and stuff. And so they're raffling off. People can get like tattoos. So basically, um, people didn't know what it was. They're like, "What is this? What is this tour you're doing? What's it like? What's going on?" So here's what it is: We uh, show up to a venue. Um, I'm the comedian, obviously, on the tour that they that they chose, which I'm uh, which I appreciate. And then um, there's either a local comic who opens up for me or I bring a friend and, you know, the friend comes out and says, hey, man, do like 15 minutes. And then I go on. And then when I'm done, I bring up um, Sam James. Sam James is an insanely, insanely talented uh, singer. You can look him up. Uh, He was on season three or four. I think he was on season three of The Voice. And, uh, you know, soup. I mean, the guy's voice is incredible. Um, His album was like number five in the country. The guy is a legit singer, amazing. And then this band came out last night called uh, OTB, Over the Bridge. And they're really kind of big in Massachusetts, and uh, they're making a name for themselves. And they actually kind of sound like a sublime type of band, but really, really good. And they came on and played. So So basically, people show up to a venue. Food comes out. The chef talks about the three courses that he made. Everybody eats. Then everybody takes their seats. Then a comedian goes up, opens up for me. Um... I go out, I do a comedy show, then I bring up the singer, and then there's like either like a band or whatever. So it's just a night of for a charity, for the Fight Charity, which fights opiates, um, which is an epidemic, people dying of overdoses all over the all over the world, all over America right now. So it's uh, raising money for a good cause. So you eat, you get great uh, music, you get comedy, you get just a whole night out, and uh, then people are like getting tattoos, like in a, in a private area of the place. It's just a very unique kind of. They wanted everything in one night. Somebody pays, you know, go donates uh, to a charity, and you get this amazing night. So we got one more, and we were in Portland last night, and we did it in, like, this studio space. So it was almost like a studio where you would, like, do, like, a show, like, where, you know, where you'd film, like, somebody cooking on, a, like, those, like, Rachel Ray stations. But they had it set up with all these chairs in the studio, and they had the band thing um, set up behind the comics. There were some pictures up last night. Um, and it was just a lot of fun and, um, you know, but it's so liberal out here that like I did my mass shooting joke, which I'm obviously not going to give away now, but I'm doing this mass shooting joke and it's one of these jokes where half the people are like crying, laughing and like love it and are like love where I go with it. And the other people are absolutely fucking horrified. Um, at one point I did it and a couple of people like got up from the front row and I thought they were going to leave because they were upset and they ended up just go standing in the back watching me which uh, I didn't understand why they did that because it's like if I offended you and you want to leave I got no problem with that but I've never had somebody kind of get unless unless they like had to go to the bathroom and they didn't want to come back I don't know but they stayed I, I like specifically saw them get up and then just stand in the back but it's so funny I'm doing this joke and no matter what the joke before it does or, or after it does, it's just one of these jokes, and uh, it's like my new baby, and I love it right now, and I love how it gets uncomfortable, and, um, you know, just watching people, how, how they're, um, you know, reacting to it is how people are reacting to the joke is, is crazy, and a lot of fun, so, um, you know, but, so then I got into it last night, and I'll talk about this now, 
because because I you know I want to I'm gonna read what I wrote I'm gonna read what I wrote I put another Facebook post out because I got into it with somebody why do I do this guys how come nobody's stopping me I can't fucking handle it I don't know why I want to just not talk about politics I want to not talk about it and I, I I'm an independent I, I you know and I just I just can't understand uh, why people get the way that they do so uh, here we go um, let's see let's see what I said here okay hold on here we go um, all right so last actually let me give you the backstory the backstory is last night I said something like I can't believe that these are our two candidates I was on stage and I said I can't believe that these are the two candidates and one woman in the crowd goes, come on, did you vote in the primaries? And I was like, no. And you know, I was like, why? And I was like, I didn't fucking like them either. I don't even fucking know. Like, I didn't like the primary. Like, there was nothing. Like, look, if I was going to vote for somebody that made me want to vote in the primaries, I would have. You know, but I didn't see anything in the primaries. So anyway, long story short, after the show, standing around, and the same woman was there. And... You know, we're just, I was just talking to somebody about, I was talking to this guy who was an immigrant and he's, him and his sister are here and his parents got deported and they're coming back in two years. And we were talking about Trump and we were just talking about a bunch of things. And then I said, you know, we were talking about just how it's both bad. And, you know, you shouldn't talk politics, especially fucking when there's drinking. But I was, we were just being calm and normal. And then she comes in and she goes, she goes, you know, Trump, and I was just talking about, like, the shit that Hillary did, which is filthy, and, you know, people are, like, talking about it now or whatever, and she goes, she goes, well, well, Trump, and this is, this is, this is what the conversation went, and I don't want to paint this person bad, this person was not bad, she was nice, I'm not trying to be like a dick, but this is what, this is what was said, um, and I wrote this yesterday, okay, so I wrote this on Facebook, I'll give you guys the whole thing, and then, uh, I'll read a couple of comments here, I don't know why, don't worry, guys, it's almost over, I don't know what's wrong with me, okay, so I wrote this, it's on my Facebook. I said, when, peop- when you tell some people you are an independent, they act weird. They can't understand why you are not one way or for one side. It's because they're not capable of seeing things for what they are. They are blinded by who they are voting for. Here is a real conversation I had with somebody after I said I won't vote for Trump or Hillary. Okay, This is what she said. Uh, this is her. Trump is a sexual predator. Me. Well, that hasn't been proven. Her. Well, Bill Clinton never did anything. Me. Yes, he did. Her. Not that was proven. Me. He actually had sex with his intern and used a cigar case. Her. That wasn't proven. Some dude standing next to me. Yes, it was. His DNA was found on her dress. Her. What? Me. Yeah, his DNA was all over her dress. It was proven. Her. Oh, well, I was too young for that stuff. (laughs) <laughs> so that's how it ended. And then I then I moved on to say in my post, I'm not saying there is anything wrong with either candidate in this post. I'm not even saying anything bad about Bill Clinton or his actions here. So you dummies out there who always come in with your stupid comments can't say shit here. I'm simply saying uh, that this is who this is who is voting. Why look at facts when you already made up your mind? For anyone, I honestly don't think facts and proof matter anymore. The scary part is that if there was proof of Trump and Hillary both involved in criminal activities, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, both involved in criminal activities or covering up terrible actions, many of their supporters would look the other way and still vote for them. <clears throat> People are who they are. The system is broken. It's an embarrassment. Okay? 
And one comment I got after, did you guys hear what I said? I said, it's not about Bill Clinton's actions. It's not about either candidate. It's just about who's voting and the way that they think. Okay. I'm not saying that Donald Trump is or isn't what he is. I simply said it's not proven. And then she just jumped in on the Bill Clinton thing. Not me. I didn't bring Bill Clinton up. And here's a comment that came up. I'm not going to mention the woman's name, but someone goes, Hillary is running, not Bill. And Bill Clinton cheated with uh, an agreed partner. Completely different situations. I never said, and I even said, I never said that. I, I never brought up Bill. I never brought up Bill. The, the person I was talking to brought up Bill and just said, well, he never did anything. And I was just like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm just saying like, you know, and first of all, like, yeah, he did, like, you could use the cheating thing or whatever, but, I, and the person was like, oh, you know, whatever. I'm not even going to, I'm just saying that the way people think, it's like, um, I just don't understand. Yeah, see, see the people, I'm reading things that people say and they just can't, people are going to vote for who they're going to vote for no matter what. Let me ask you this right now. Okay, if you're listening to this and you are a diehard Trump or a diehard Hillary, like if you if you are, if you found out the worst thing, okay, if you found out the worst thing about, if you found out that Hillary Clinton fucking killed somebody, right? If you found it out and there was a cover up and she fucking killed somebody, I'm telling you, maybe not everybody, but some of you would still fucking vote. I'm, it would be like, oh, well, these are my choices and this is what I have to do. And that's all I'm simply saying. But when somebody just has no... I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't understand. I just feel like when somebody has no fucking, you know, like not looking at anything or not, not seeing what's really going on because they're blinded by like their team, it just goes to show that the system is broken because it's, it's like, you know, so you can't really. So I guess my point here is you can't argue with anybody or talk about it. And I try to be like this central independent dude. Who was just like, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I definitely, I could say, especially growing up, not anymore because I travel a lot and I talk to people, but I was a registered Republican. I was. I was a registered Republican um, until a while ago, but I realized, and not that, you know, I, I'm, I and I was a registered Republican for different reasons. I don't, I'm not talking about like, you know, gay marriage or like abortion. I always find the gray. I always find the gray, you know? Like, and people are like, well, what do you mean? It's one or the other. No, you know, it's not one or the other. A woman should be able to do what she wants to do with her body, but I don't think a woman should have fucking nine abortions and use it as birth control. There's a gray area there. Okay. Like I, you know, I just, it's, it's, I feel like that. So I, so it's not about that. Me, I was more lean and right because of money, because of taxes, because of small businesses, because of starting something and, and then being taxed more if you start something from nothing and want to tax you more. That's the way I looked at it. But then I looked at other things and I was like, look, maybe be, being a registered independent is okay because I could see both sides. I could talk to both people. I don't have to fight with people. I understand. Um, I understand. I don't know what it's like to... I don't know what it's like to be a minority and sometimes people don't put themselves in those shoes. So basically I feel like as a human being and traveling and also doing the job that I do, talking to people, you kind of, you know, you grow as a person, you evolve and you speak to everybody. You realize, oh, it's not one way. It's not all oh, the way I grew up or, or the way that person grew up and the same thing was said in their house and that's what they always did. And this family always voted Democrat and this family always voted Republican. So I try to like bring my neutral thing to the game and people just don't want it in the game. They don't. As much as they say they don't want that. Why do you think independence is like not a party that exists? 
yeah, you could vote independent. When's the last time a fucking independent won? It's always like Republican, 54%. Democrat, 40-something percent. Independent, 3%. It's some fucking guy's bad headshot sitting on the bottom from fucking, you know, Maine or wherever the fuck he's from. Nobody's voting for him. You know, it's a joke. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I got into some, <laughs> I got into some, uh, you know, stupid arguments, which I should have. But the show was great. The, the bands were amazing. And, um, you know, we had a really, uh, nice time. I wanted to smoke a cigar. My throat was a little hurting, so I did not. And, uh, today I'm off, but I have to stay in the New England area because I have to be somewhere tomorrow. So it does not make sense for me to go home. So, um, I will be floating around a town of witches or I will be, who knows, outside. I heard that like hotels there are like a thousand, but I don't even know. I guess I'm going to the Halloween capital of the world the day before or two days before Halloween, whatever. Um, All right. My unacceptable, everybody, this week. My unacceptable is very simple. And again, and again, a simple post on Facebook. Um, And I think that... It was innocent. It should have been fun. I'm sure some of you people listening to this know already. I don't know why my Facebook posts. I guess I realized something, and I did not know this. I heard a very rich, one of the richest guys in the world, one of the most, like, come-from-nothing stories. This guy, Gary Vee, he was on, and he, he said that Facebook is the number one advertiser in the world. I did not know that. It's the number one. Like, it's bigger than billboards. It's bigger than fucking anything. Like, when you advertise, it's bigger than newspapers. The number one thing to advertise on is Facebook. Okay? And I have, you know, because of my profession, I'm not saying I'm popular, everybody, but because of my profession, I, uh, I'm at, like, pretty much the max of, like, 5,000 friends on Facebook or whatever it is. So, of course, people are going to react, but even innocent things. So here is my unacceptable. Oh, God, this one fired me up, guys. This one fired me up because I truly don't understand how people can, can, say, can, can say this. So this was a conversation that I had. I said, I took my 7-year-old son to a diner near his sister's daycare today. We were having a nice breakfast and a fun talk about football because I just, you know, I just got my son involved in football. He loves football. He loves the Giants and, like, we bond with it. I mean, we always bonded and now it's just he could watch the game with me. He watches more plays than me. It's, it's awesome. So, as I'm finishing my breakfast, he made me laugh. Him. Daddy. Me. Yeah. Him. I think a college team can beat the Cleveland Browns. Me laughing. A few minutes later in the car, me, you made me laugh in there. Him, why, because of the Cleveland Browns thing? Me, yeah, that was funny. Him, well, they are 0-7, that sucks, they suck. Me, laughing. Now, that is a cute little story. I was just trying to talk about how my 7-year-old son who I don't like bringing into any kind of Facebook thing. I don't, but I thought that this was a cute, innocent thing. And still, still, some of you fucking dummies. Now, now a couple people made comments like joking about like, well, I don't know about that or something like that. But there was actually two or three people that came on the fucking thing and were really trying to see if he was right. Like, well, no, that's not true. They would never, that would never. And I'm like, I'm actually reading this stunned going, oh my God, a mass amount of people need to be killed or wiped off the face of this earth. Are you fucking serious? Like some people didn't laugh 
I mean, I have a friend who's the hugest fucking Cleveland fan, and he was like, oh, man, I'd hate to see what your daughter said. Jason Lawhead saw that. And I didn't know, like, he didn't come at me and go, oh, take it easy with that, nothing. Some people genuinely argued what my seven-year-old son said. They didn't take it as a father and son having fucking breakfast. They didn't take it as a father and son laughing and the son saying something funny. They didn't take it as, oh, you know, they took it as literal. You fucking unacceptable dopes. You should be, I actually wrote, you should be ashamed of yourself. If you're taking any part of this seriously, you should be absolutely 100%, not only ashamed of yourself, you should be off of Facebook or you really need to look yourself in the mirror and reevaluate your fucking priorities because you are a fucking buffoon dope. You are a fucking dope. It's like, are you fuck, are you serious? Are you serious right now? Like, I can't even believe that, you know, like some people were cool. They were like, oh, that's awesome. You know, kids already roasting the Browns. Oh, that's fine. Stuff like that is fine. But one guy was like, no, dude, if you took, if you took the line of so-and-so and you did this, there's no way. And they still wouldn't do it. And I was just like, are you fucking, this is the guys that like tailgate, you know, 17 hours before a game, you know, with their jersey on and they talk to their therapist about if their team, you know, is going to win or lose. Like that's, that's what, that's what the ridiculous thing is. And that is my unacceptable. I couldn't believe it. And it let me know, Paul, it's a little dumb for you to do that and see that and then do something political. And I know it is, but the political thing, I'm just trying to, I'm trying hard to like shove down the throat of people that there's like, you got to, you got to, what's it called? Um, what does this say? You got to make sure you, somebody just sent me something saying that I got to, independence didn't know they actually registered at this, oh, I don't know, somebody sent me an, uh, whatever. Um, so, I yeah, I don't know why I do it. But I would have thought, I would have thought that um, people would kind of be able to like, I guess I'm giving people too much credit is what it comes down to. That's really what it comes down to. Because you think somebody's going to be as logical as you are. Or you think somebody's going to kind of understand logic. You know? Like, you can't argue logic. That's the one beautiful thing about something that's logic. Like, you can't argue it. You can't fucking argue logic. You know? Like, it's like being in the ocean and, like, trying to deny that you're wet. It's like, no, you're in water. Like, you're in a pool. You're wet. Like, if you jump in a pool, you can't, you can't deny that when you jump in a pool, you get wet. It's, it's, it is what it is. So when something is logical like that and somebody still tries to find like a way or like they try to like put their agenda in it, it's really just, it's really hard for me to, to deal with is what I'm saying. Uh, but don't worry, this election is almost over. I can't believe it's over, but I'll tell you one good thing. <clears throat> one good thing for me with the election is one side is going to be disappointed. And I'm glad that one of these sides are going to be disappointed. <laughs> I want to see, you know, I want to see the, I don't know, man. I don't know. I have my feelings and choices of who I think is more evil and dangerous, but I'm not going to get into that. That I won't get into because I'll, I'll then then I'm becoming what I don't like. Um, but uh, it's getting ugly out there, huh? Open an investigation, and this one, and women are coming out on trial. This is a this is a shit show. Um, let's go to your guys' unacceptables now. I have uh, those up, I believe. Yes, I do. 
Let's see how far along. Oh, this is a good one. I could feel this is a good one. 31 minutes in, I feel like I didn't even start yet. That's how you know the podcast is good. Episode 278 with me, your host, Paul Verzi. I hope you guys are doing good wherever you may be right now. Are you on that treadmill? Are you in that cubicle? Are you home working? Are you in the car? Wherever you are, you're listening to one of the dopest podcasts out there. The Verzi Effect, yes, I will toot my own horn on my podcast. You want to know why? If I didn't have tenure, I wouldn't talk about it. But I've been doing this shit almost six years, everybody. Okay? I've been doing this almost six years. And you guys coming out to the shows is the coolest thing. Um, and you know why this show is so cool? Because this show is built on you guys. Because I wouldn't do the show. Like, I wouldn't do the show if some people are like, I just love doing a podcast. I'll do it if three people listen. I'm be honest with you. If three people listen, I wouldn't do this shit. <laughs> I do this shit for you because I see the numbers growing. People love the podcast. People are coming out to the comedy clubs. And, you know, you guys, you know, the real fans of me are the people that listen to the show. You are my fan. When you come to my show and you're like, I listen to your podcast all the time. Those are because those are people that kind of know me personally because this is who I am. So I get to riff and rant and people that don't like it or don't want to listen can leave. That's the beautiful thing about it because now I know that the comedy clubs are going to be filled with people that know me and like me, understand me. That's the best. You know, that's the best. Oh, by the way, shout out to Evan. Fuck, I'm going to fuck your last name up, Evan. But Evan's cousin, Remy, um, does a show. You know what? I'm going to try to find this dude's last name because I... Said I would. And that's the kind of fucking guy I am. How about that, Evan, huh? Um, I'm probably not going to be able to find it. He's going to be like, oh, thanks, dick. But no, so I did this show. Let me see here. Um, there's a younger comic, a newer comic. Uh, Casimir. There it is. Evan Casimir. I want to shout out to him. So his cousin, Remy, uh, is a, um, I guess she's a comedian, actor. She lives in New York City. She runs a room at uh, this place called Rochelle's. It's a bar. It's a small little room, and um, the show is called Our Famous Friends, and just, you know, some newer comedians and some experienced comedians kind of come in, mixed together, and uh, she saw me at Dangerfields after that Dangerfield story I told you guys, and she said, why don't you come down, and I went down, and her cousin Evan came down just to see me, uh, and I uh, had a good talk with him, but he's like, I listen to your podcast all the time, and, you know, I feel the way that you feel, and I agree with you on this, and not saying that I have to have all my fans agree with me, but I'm just saying that those are the fans that know me, so even if you don't agree with me, because I have fans that go, hey man, I love your show, I don't always agree with you, but I love listening that's awesome too i'm not saying you got to listen to me and like me and and agree but those are the best fans so thank you so much evan uh thank you to your your cousin um for having me at the show uh in the city it was cool to go up there and tell some lady to shut the fuck some woman was just talking and i just was like is this about you i was like is this for you to just be heard and she goes yeah i come from a long line of family members that talk loud during shows or something and i go or yeah it's kind of my job and i go well you're fucking good at it and I just, you know, she eventually stopped, but um, I don't want to get mad at that and just go off on a, on a tangent here. But, uh, yeah, so I do this show for you guys, and you guys are the best. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And you guys know how I feel about the military listeners out there, man. I got soldiers in fucking Afghanistan, soldiers in Japan, uh, you know, platoons listening to the Verzi effect. And you guys keep us safe. I can't say it enough. I was actually talking to an army vet yesterday saying that, uh, you know, uh, it's a shame if soldiers are underappreciated because you guys are the shit, man. And uh, I do what I do because you guys do what you do. So thank you to all the soldiers who are listening uh, as well. Shout out to you guys and, and stay safe out there. Um, all right, so let's get to your guys' unacceptables. Then I'm going to talk about some, some fucking females at shows, all right? 
Actually, I'll talk about females at shows now. All right. Some women at shows, people like, you know, is it, I'm going to say this because I'm just going to be real. You want an interesting podcast? You want me to talk about things that aren't really talked about a lot? I'll talk about things that aren't talked about a lot, okay? I always wondered, is it like this? Is it, here, here. You ready? And then I'll get to your unacceptables. I already did mine with the fucking dopes taking shit literally. Okay. So, um, I'm not saying this because I'm on my podcast. My friends know this about me. Um, I wouldn't bring this up if I was, believe me, I would not bring this up, but I am a family man. I love my family. I'm faithful to my wife. Okay. I do not, I, I, you know, people always come up and are like, yeah, you're on the road. So is it like, you know, whatever happens? No, that's not what it is. Okay. I'm not, I don't fucking do that. I, I love my wife. I'm faithful to my wife. I don't do that. Um, you know, is it hard? No, it's not hard. You know, do women come up? This is, I will tell you this. Some women are so fucking, the old, see, this is what I noticed. And maybe I'm wrong because some younger women do it too. But what I've noticed is when older women want something, they fucking, there's no, there's, <laughs> when older women want something, there's no like, you know, like flirting or whatever. Like if they want something, they're going to fucking tell you. They're straightforward. And, Dude, at shows, I don't know if there's something in the air, but lately it's just like women are just like, like proposing, just like not literally for marriage, but just like, hey, are we going back to your, like, let's go back to your, and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, I got a daughter and you just start to think like, man, first of all, you only like me or the other performers because you just saw them do something and do an art well. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're not trying to fuck me if you just see me walk into a store. You're not going to come up and be like, are we going home? You know, you're going to come up and be like, oh, my God, you're so funny. But, dude, some of these women, like, I literally had two women just walk up to my table when I was selling my CD. And they were just like, all right, so we're going to get a CD and then take you home, right? And, like, it wasn't a joke. (laughs) And I was just sitting there and, like, people are around trying to buy my album. And they're kind of looking at me like, oh, I'll leave. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm doing business. And I'm just like, oh, no, you know, um... You know, I, I can't, like, nah, I can't do that. You know, I'm sorry. Like, what, like that's the thing. Like, I'm nice, so I just be like, nah, like, I can't be like, get the fuck. You know, I'm just like, nah, I, I, you know, nah, I can't. Or like, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. But dude, some women are like, yeah, we're coming home. Like, we're going home with you. And I'm just like, nah. And then people are trying to buy my album. So for you people that ask, yes, that happens sometimes. I hear that it does not happen with female comedians. I have female comedian friends. I don't want to speak for them. But, uh... You could ask female comedians or your favorite, but I've, I've the, the female comedians that I've talked to always say they never, ever, I guess it's different. They don't have that happen, but I feel like dude comedians, like we get more of like, hey, you know, you want to come and hang out and stuff. Not always, but I'm just saying sometimes it's so classless and it's so like, oh my God, like obvious and out there and it just makes me scared. Like, I never understood women that would just, like, follow a band around for years and just, like, fuck them in every city. Like, I just don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, to me, that's just weird. It's like, why, why, because because you like the song? Maybe I'm naive. I don't know. So for you people that ask, yes, and lately it, it's been happening in this very forward type of way where it's not like, oh, my God. And, you know, and it's like, did you not hear me talk about my kids and my wife during my set? Like, what the fuck? Are you not, <laughs> are you not listening to to what I'm saying, and, uh, you know, some people are cool, some people are just like, no, I get it, I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just like, yeah, no, I can't, so, um, there you go, people, there's a little inside honesty of what happens sometimes at comedy shows, okay, 
episode 278, giving you the goods today. The real shit. All right, here we go. Here we go. Um, I almost just said a joke, and God forbid I said the joke, and my wife heard it. She'd have freaked out, so I'm not going to do it. Here we go. This one is from, unacceptable, from Jesse M. Um, here we go. I know a Jesse M. I wonder if it's, no, it's not. Okay. Uh, Lord and Taylor Bathroom. Hey, Paul, huge fan of the podcast and love the Unacceptables, especially the infamous Kelly Myers IBS store. Yes, Kelly Meyer is an installment of the Verzi Effect. He's a great dude. He is, um, he's a, a big fan of comedy. He's a big fan of comedy podcasts and he's really, um, you know, one day I'll get him on the show. I think that that would be amazing to just, I'm going to have him, you know what I'm going to do with Kelly? I'm going to have him hold off on like epic stories, like two of them and we'll figure out a way. I mean, he's going to have to remember it. He's going to have to keep it in his memory bank, but one day, whether it's out in Wisconsin or, or if he's back in New York, we'll try to figure something out where I have Kelly on the show. And Kelly will just fucking unleash two stories and you guys will just hear me crying and we'll just let him go. And we'll be able to put a, uh, you'll be able to put a, a voice with the, you'll be able to put a voice with all the stories and everything like that. I think that that would be awesome. Uh, for you people that are new listeners, Kelly Meyer is a, um, like, you know, the way sometimes a sports show always has like a same caller for like 20 years. They've known the same caller and the same caller will call and complain about the Giants or the Yankees or the Steelers or whatever it is. That's what. So Kelly Meyer is a, um, a frequent writer into my unacceptable segment. And he uh, he doesn't always do his IBS stories, but he suffers from uh, irritable bowel syndrome. And he tells these poetic stories of how he either shit himself, is going to shit himself, like ruined a bathroom. like and, and it is to the point where you never thought a shit story could be that funny. But like I cry laughing because it's almost like you're reading a good paper. Like it's almost like if this guy went to Harvard and had to write about diarrhea, like it would be like that good. Like that's how smart it is. It's one of the most hilarious things ever. And it's become a thing on the show. And it's perfect. Um, he almost makes diarrhea and shitting yourself like feel like almost intelligent and not gross, if that makes any sense. So that's why I branded him with the name the Shakespeare of shit. Um, so anyway, thank you. So, so that's so free people that don't know. So you could go back to old podcasts or whatever and you could listen. All right. Hey, Paul, huge fan of the podcast. Love the unacceptable, especially the infamous Kelly Meyer IBS stories. My unacceptable is walking into a public bathroom and hearing a loud grunt coming from one of the bathroom stalls. I understand that these awkward and obnoxious grunts may be difficult to control. <laughs> Dude, this is hilarious. But keeping in mind that you're in a public restroom <laughs> should be considered. On the same note, I couldn't help but laugh just thinking if it's just another guy in the same situation as Kelly Myers. And was fortunate enough to make it to the stall on time. I suppose it could be worse. I would pr uh, feel pretty bad for the next person to walk inside. Possibly experience what could have been Kelly Myers uh, related incident. Great podcast. And uh, had to give Kelly Myers a special shout out for sharing his unacceptables. Looking forward to becoming a regular on the podcast. Well, thank you, Jesse, for the submission. And you know what? You brought me to something that I find so funny. Because uh, I, I was in a public restaurant, and uh, my good buddy Bill Burr, who you guys know, great comedian Bill Burr, he just sh shot his uh, special, which will be coming out on Netflix again. It's his fifth one, and it's incredible. But Bill just came out of a bathroom one time laughing, and he's like, dude, it's actually weird that that's allowed, what I just heard going on in there, that you're allowed to hear this. 
Now, I don't know how it is in women's <laughs> public bathrooms. Um, you know, I mean, I imagine it's not that much different. Like, you know what? Like, if you got a shit and you have gas, that, that's going to happen. But, dude, I was in a bathroom recently, <laughs> and I swear to God, this guy was unloading to the point where it was like in a movie. Like, this guy was shitting and farting and so loud and echoing the bathroom, and everybody, everybody is... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Everybody is staying quiet. Like everybody's quiet. I don't understand it. Everybody, everybody's just like, you know, oh my God, dude, I'm crying right now. Everybody's just like, all right, yeah, that's like, it's almost like how it's accepted. Dude, this guy was, I mean, this guy was basically like, giving himself like fucking in, intestinal surgery like he was clearing himself out like and I've never heard anything like it like this guy was destroying and he's just like loud and then he's farting he's grunting and all this stuff and people are just going about their business washing their hands and doing it and like I don't do that in the bathroom even if I gotta go like I somewhat try to know all right dude you're in a public place you know what I mean <laughs> or like flush if you got a flush like, you flush to, like, you know, mask the noise, you know? Because, like, you don't want fuck, you know? And uh, so you're absolutely right. And it really reminded me of that. So thank you for the uh, submission and the laugh because it's hilarious. Uh, here we go. This is um, from Anthony Scott McAlcher. Uh, McAlcher. I hope I got that right, um, Scott. Here we go. And I think you're a new unacceptable. Here we go. 1027. You see that? So you're glad I'm a little late on this one because I got it in. Here we go. Howdy uh, for fighting Texas uh, Aggie greeting. Okay. We got an Aggie over here. Here we go. Hey, Paul, I hope you're doing well, uh, big guy. I'm driving from San Antonio, Texas to Columbus, Ohio to see my pops in the hospital. Um, I hope he's doing well, buddy. Stopped at uh, Brian's breakfast on New England, uh, on the northeast side of Memphis. A must-go. Okay, Brian's Breakfast. Okay. A must-go reminds me of my childhood growing up in uh, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania with the Great American Breakfast. Yes, I am Amish. Uh, I have Amish in my family, but I'm a Texan through and through. Okay. While eating breakfast outside, this old white hag missing teeth and waddling like a fucking penguin while walking to her car directly behind me uh, is talking... To this middle-aged African-American gentleman. She is telling him how good the breakfast and food was. All good thus far. The conversation immediately took a left turn. She then began explaining to this gentleman how that, uh, that was the place that all the colored folk would gather. Oh my God. At the back in the day. I immediately looked at this man's face and got the sincere impression he wanted to slap this cunt into a different dimension. Uh, and rightly fucking so. He immediately turned away and walked off uh, without saying anything. As this lady began waddling to her car behind me with a smile on her face like that was a great conversation, it took everything in me to not stick my leg out and trip this bitch to watch the concrete knock some fucking... 2016 cents into her. Absolutely. Um, I'm at a loss for words that people even think it's even remotely acceptable to converse like that or use that type of verbiage um, in this day and age. Uh, get uh, with the times, you old fucking hag. Unlock 
the cage your dentures are in and fucking call it quits already. Hashtag unfucking acceptable. Uh, food was amazing, by the way, and it's cash only, so uh, you know it's old school. Uh, thanks for all you do, Mr. Verzi. Apologies if this is long. Stay strong. Keep doing what you do uh, are doing as TVE is therapy for some of us. Take care, Scott. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for the kind words, and I hope your dad, first and foremost, is doing well. Um, you know, that's it's always rough when you visit somebody in the hospital, but I hope that that's working out. Um, also, I will say um, the fact that this woman, you know, said coloreds or whatever or like, you know, that would um, – you know, I actually said it on stage once making fun of how white the place was. I was like, what is this, the fucking no-coloreds thing? And I was actually making fun of the white people there. And even when I said that, I'm like, wow, that doesn't even feel like that's a fucking... So the fact that she said, the fact that she said all the colored folk would gather in the back uh, or would gather, you know, at the back in the day, I just I just feel like, wow, like the, that, that guy could have been like, hey, man... You know, you're talking about things my ancestors went through, and I really don't appreciate being called colored folk or whatever. So, you know, shut the fuck up or wake up. And the fact that he just turned around and walked away is 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 really good. But that is, uh, yeah, that's as unacceptable as it gets. So, uh, thank you for the submission. Uh, wow. All right, here we go. Beautiful drive ruined from Jake Birch. Here we go. Paul, first time writing in. I love the first time writing in. Those are the best. First time writing in, but have been listening since you crushed at the Chicago Theater with Bartnick and Burl a while back. TVE is the shit. Thanks for all the time you put in. Well, thank you, Jake. Um, Have an unacceptable to share. All right, let's do it. I was having a perfect drive to New York from Chicago. I don't know how that drive is perfect because I did that with my brother once. It was like fucking 15 hours. I was ready to jump out of the fuck. All right, I was having a perfect drive to New York from Chicago uh, and had to stop for a piss. No traffic. Uh, sun shining and uh, and routine, done it a million times, except there was nothing practical about this particular stop. I entered the rest stop, passed by the herd of um, free-range animals at the McDonald's line and entered the dirty, musty men's room only to encounter what could only have been uh, have been the herd leader tightly squeezed into a handicapped stall having a shit. With the fucking door wide open, this thing was making noises that only a certain fan of your show with IBS has probably encountered. At least Kelly would have <laughs> the decency to respect uh, and respect to shit his pants before leaving the door open. Close and lock the store uh, stall door on this animal and let him rot in highway hell. Unacceptable. Thanks again, Paul. Just wanted to... Uh, Ed, your Dangerfield stories you told on 277 may be my favorite highlight of TVE to date. Great insight into the reality of comedy scene and is just uh, entertaining as you screaming about Burger King hot dogs. Cheers, Jake. Well, thank you so much, Jake. And, um, dude, watching a big fat dude shitting with the door wide open in a bathroom, that that means to me, but there's one excuse he has. And I'm not trying to give him an out here, Kelly. I'm not trying to get, I mean, uh, uh, Jake. And you're right, Kelly would not have done that. Kelly would have shit his pants, or if it was locked, he would have just ran somewhere and done something, I think. But there's one out, Jake, that I might have to give this fat guy. The only thing I can say is, maybe, and maybe I'm being too good to him here, but just maybe, 
he had to shit so bad that he ran into the handicap stall, closed the door as fast as he can, sat down, and the door never latched, but it was too late to come up because the fucking volcano had already erupted out of his ass. That's the only thing. Like, maybe he didn't get the latch. You ever have to, like, shit and hold it shut because it'll come open? Because, you know, so that's the only thing. Now, had that not happened, you're absolutely right. It's unacceptable. But let's hope for society's sake here. Let's just be positive for on this one. Let's hope for let's hope for the humanity of ma- let's hope for man that this fucking dude ran in there, tried to close it, it didn't work, and as he was going, the door opened and you happened to walk in. Let's hope. Unless he just was like, "No, I'm gonna have people watch me shit." Who knows? Maybe he did. Uh, thank you so much for the unacceptable. Uh, here we go. Uh, here we go. This one is from Morgan. Morgan. Uh, Willie, oh, here we go. Uh, hey, Paul, glad to, okay, okay, here we go. For the podcast, here we go, unacceptable. I took the kids to Chuck E. Cheese near us recently. Oh, boy. Uh, there was so many, uh, broads dressed in full, uh, clubby outfits. Uh, full face of makeup, heels, tight clothes, etc. Call me crazy, but I don't think Chuck E. Cheese is a great place to find a date. Um, the other people, uh, that weren't, uh, in the heat were morbidly, oh, the, the other people that weren't in heat were morbidly obese, uh, some couldn't fit in the booths to eat, uh, the greasy ass pizza, my daughter and I, uh, oh my god, were the only ones eating from the salad bar, uh, I was at Chuck E. Cheese on Friday night, acceptable, unlimited salad bar, Chuck E. Cheese had two wine options and three beer options, Oh, that's <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah, I don't know why somebody would dress. Thank you for the submission, Morgan. And that's hilarious that there were women in there in makeup, heels, and tight clothes. Like, that's when you know you fucking lowered the bar. When you were like, nah, dude, I'm going to go try to get some fucking, you know, divorced dad, you know, shoving awful pizza in his kid's face. Um, oh, my God. That's... And that's, I mean, that's hilarious though. The visual of drinking wine at Chuck E. Cheese. Like, can it, can it say any more? I want to just get the fuck out of here and go to an adult place. <laughs> Thank you for the submission. Um, and you know what, Morgan, I was actually, cause I know I was actually working with, uh, uh, the band. Well, one of the bands that came on after me, they, uh, they work at the Middle East out there and we were talking about a live podcast at that place. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that. Um, so uh, thank you. That was like an inside conversation because I, I actually know Morgan. She's in the New England area. All right, here we go. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I'm getting sick. Shit. <clears throat> it sucks. You know when you feel it coming? You're like, ah, I'm a day away. I'm a day away. I'm going to get home for fucking Halloween and be sick. All right, here we go. This is a Belgian. This is from Belgium, everybody. A Belgian unacceptable. From Lorenzo... Van Torrent. Oh, I haven't heard from Lorenzo in a long time. Let's see what's going on in Belgium. Hi, Paul. It's been quite some time since I wrote in my last Unacceptable. It seems things are changing for the better here in my corner of the world. For my new Unacceptable, uh, I am the animal. Okay. My girl and I got engaged a month ago. Well, congratulations. After being together for eight years. In Belgium, you got to start planning a wedding at least one year Um uh, ahead in on forehead, I guess that's that's the way you guys say. It. Okay, if you don't, 
All of the good ballrooms, DJs, photographers are gone. Since my girl is a planner, we immediately fixed a date to look at a beautiful ballroom. She fixed a meeting uh, on a Saturday morning with the owner of a nice place. Coincidentally, the evening before that meeting, someone I know planned a party at his place. I wasn't planning to go, but since it was just around the corner from my house, I went for a quick drink. Oh, boy. You know, Paul, when you think just a quick drink, things tend to get late. Of course they do. Just a quick drink or I'm just going for one usually means three to five and getting home two and a half hours later than you thought you would. Okay, at the party, there were some old friends of mine, so immediately I knew one drink wasn't going to cut it. People were playing beer pong. Oh, God. And, of course, we joined in. Since my I, Dude, if I start playing beer pong, I, I get so competitive with those games I want to win. I turn into like a fucking fraternity guy who's like, who wants some? Who fucking, we, we are undefeated from 98. All right. So I get that. Uh, I wasn't planning to go, but, oh, okay, I'm sorry. So uh, when you think, uh, okay, so at the party there were some other friends of mine. So I immediately knew one drink wasn't going to cut it. Got it. People were playing beer pong. And of course we joined in since my friend that threw the party has Russian roots. After a while, he replaced the beer with ice-cold vodka. Paul, things slowly but surely spiraled out of control. Oh, boy. The evening ended up with my friend letting me taste his 20-year-old scotch uh, he got for his birthday. Uh, Oh, my God, dude. So you went from beer to vodka to scotch. After two of those motherfuckers, I felt (laughs) I topped it off. uh, And it was time to call it a night, so I went home. The next morning, when we visited the ballroom, I was a broken man. (laughs) I needed to inspect the bathroom two times. My girl was ashamed because my face had turned bright white, (laughs) and I was sweating bullets when talking to the owners of the place (laughs) trying to keep my shit together. Oh, it was a rough one, you know? (laughs) Oh, it was a rough one, you know? Uh, (laughs) I was able to keep a smile on my face and got through it. However, I almost ruined an important moment for my girl. In the end, we got the place and uh, we're getting married there next September. Put me in an alcoholic-free cage. Kind regards, Lorenzo. Thank you for the story. Absolutely hilarious. Thank you for listening in fucking Belgium, dude. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, man, let me know. if I'm ever, I'll, I'll uh, tell you if I'm ever going to Belgium. You got to tell me some cool places to go. Um. All right, rude awakening unacceptable. This one is from Jason Brown. Hey, Paul, I'm currently on vacation with my girlfriend. So the past week and a half, we've stayed in a nice condo. Um, At exactly 5.03 a.m., we get woken up abruptly to our next-door neighbor's door getting pounded on for about 10 seconds straight. At exactly 5.05, the door once again gets pounded on, uh, on, uh, and wait, gets pounded, uh, beaten on. Okay. From the vibrations of the wall to the echo of the strikes on the neighbor's door, the only thing I could compare it to is the sound of raging drunk beating on the steel door as they are locked up uh, in the county jail. I kid you not, this literally goes on for another two minutes straight. If this was at home, I swear to God, this would have been uh, felt with, been dealt with, I think you were trying to say dealt uh, with immediately. But <clears throat> I'm not only out of town, I'm uh, out of the country. I don't have my <laughs> 45, my 9mm. I don't have um, a ball bat. Uh, I don't know what I'm about to encounter. 
<clears throat> while I'm in my underwear. My girlfriend finally peeks outside to find out it was some chick who got into a fight with her boyfriend last night and she decided to come back to him at five in the fucking morning. Unacceptable. She also saw every other neighbor peeking out their doors uh, as well. At 5.10 a.m., the police arrive and tell her to leave. I normally would say put her in a cage, but at five in the fucking morning, I say put her in a cage and drop her off uh, in the ocean. Unfucking believable. Uh, like you, I'm not a morning person at all. At five in the morning, no, no one's problems matter. That's a hundred percent correct. And uh, thank you, Jason. Yeah, dude, that's the worst, man. Especially when you're like away and you just want to relax, and then hearing that just like even any interruption in a relaxation or vacation sucks. Uh, thank you for that. All right, we got just a couple more guys, and uh, and we'll finish. Let's see what time we're at here. This one's going. Wow, we're at an hour. Holy shit. All right. Well, this one's a good one. All right. This one, Robert Thompson. Robert's a regular. Here we go. Well, it's been about a month since I haven't had, I had an unacceptable. I guess you can say it's been uh, an acceptable, 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 acceptable month. I see a guy cruising up ahead and I notice he has his right signal on, his right turn signal on. Every time a car gets next to him, <clears throat> he swerves within inches of each car, uh, giving them the go fuck yourself, uh, sort of, uh, okay, I got you, maneuver. So yeah, they're giving you like fuck you and okay. I finally come up to this guy and decide to let him in. I am waving him in, flashing my brights and honking, uh, my, I think you were meant to say horn. After multiple attempts to let him in, he never gets over. So I say to myself, well, fuck you. And I carry on going straight. Sure enough, right as I get, uh, oh, wow, that's fucking nuts. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm reading ahead, and I'm not even letting you guys know. It's unacceptable. Uh, sure enough, right as I get next to him, he gives me the go fuck yourself uh, maneuver, and as I look at him, he is giving me the middle finger. Being as I am <laughs> a firm believer in sharing, I decided to give one as well, give him one as well. Now, Paul, I drove a company truck that has our logo all over it. I thought uh, that was the end of the encounter, but nope. He then called the corporation office and gave them my vehicle number and told them I was driving like an asshole and flipping people off. What a complete D-bag. No trouble came of this on my end. Well, good, um, as we get these calls constantly, but uh, it still pissed me off that he had... Yeah, that he had the audacity to try and turn the entire situation over on me. Hashtag cage this animal. Hashtag unacceptable. Uh, uh, P.S. Thanks for the sick ass show in Atlanta. Me and Nikki always love to see. Oh, dude, much love, Bobby T. Well, thank you so much, dude. And uh, yeah, man, we had a lot of fun at the Fox Theater. That was a lot of fun. So uh, and we went out to the cigar bar afterwards. That's where I always go out there, and we had a good time. So thank you. Um, all right, two more quick ones. Here we go. Uh, broke bitch unacceptable from Blair Stewart. Hi, Paul. This unacceptable is pretty short, but it was still annoying. This massive animal that I know from high school posted a Facebook status asking for money because she couldn't afford to eat for the rest of the week. A couple hours later, she posted a status saying that she has uh, tattoo fever. Oh, my God. And was going to shop tonight to get some new ink. Thankfully, my buddy called her out for being a greedy, lying pig, and it turned out 
It turned into a dramatic back and forth until she deleted it all. Lock this self-entitled cow in a cage and make her eat tattoo ink <laughs> for all I care. Thanks for the podcast. Um, also, tell everyone that I think that their Pop Warner teams could beat the Browns. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Blair. appreciate it. Uh, okay. Here we go. Last one, and this is a quick one. Kyle Sutherland. Hey, Paul. Hope things are going well uh, for you besides the upcoming turd versus the giant douche uh, vote. That's hilarious. Uh, I sent a picture of a hockey fan pissing in a washroom with his food under his urinal. Uh, I guess the guy like this uh, likes his fries extra salty. It's unacceptable to bring anything you're going to put into your mouth in a public restroom, lock this animal up, and throw the key away. Thank you, Kyle. I don't understand. I feel gross bringing a bottle of water. Like if I'm holding a bottle of water at a ball game and it's capped, I feel gross bringing it into the public restroom. I don't know how somebody could eat fucking tater tots or, or french fries in there. It's absolutely disgusting. Uh, thank you so much for the submission. Thank all you guys for writing into the unacceptables. If you want to uh, write an unacceptable in for the show, I love to read it. You know, I read your name. I read it. I try to get everybody's. Um, please submit to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. It is not the number four. It is spelled out unacceptables F O R T V E at gmail.com, and uh, yeah, and I love, you know, I always love my regulars, but if you guys uh, send a new, like, I love new submissions, so please send them in, and we can um, read them out, out loud, and hopefully try to stop, we're trying to knock unacceptables away, that's the point of it, you know, one one animal at a time, uh, somebody, okay, this is a Twitter one, Zach Coffee at Z underscore coffee, and that's F O uh, C O F F E Y. Uh, Bill Murray singing, unacceptable. I didn't see it. I didn't see it, so I don't know. Um, oh yes, and Josh, thank you. I'm glad you got it. Uh, here we go, Paul. Thanks for the poster and the note. Wow, TVE unacceptable. Yes. So Josh, um, I want to apologize. There was Josh. I think there was Josh and Jonathan. Those were two people that had bought my poster, and uh, and bought my album. And uh, for some reason, it got lost in the shuffle, and there was a lot of shit going on in the summer, and they did not get their stuff. So I hope you like the package that I sent. And he posted on um, Twitter my poster and the note that I left him. And I said, sorry for the delay. It's unacceptable. Um, so no worries, brother. I'm glad you got that, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. I hope you got the extra stuff too because um, I did that as well. So, uh, yeah, and if you guys want to get the copy of the album, I, I don't know how much more I'm going to be doing the hard copy album, to be honest, but, um, you know, you can get a hard copy of my album, Night at the Stand, uh, which, by the way, was number one on iTunes and number four on Billboard, but I don't, I don't really talk about that that much, but they were. It was one in number four, uh, number four in the country on Billboard. Uh, it's really hard to do. Um, it's like there's 100. There's a top 100. Mine was number four and number one on iTunes, but, I, you know, I don't really care that it was, but I did beat like 90 something people. What, what I care about is the quality, you know, which it was because it wouldn't have done that good. And the ratings and reviews were incredible. But, um, if you guys want that, you can go to my, um, you know, website. Why wouldn't you? Cause it did great. It's, um, You can buy a hard copy of my album. Uh, and you could buy a poster, you know, you love the show. Why wouldn't you? So there you go. There you go. Is that it? I think that's it for the unacceptables. Is that it? Let's see. Uh, nope. Nope. Oh, no. Hold on. 
Hold on. Uh, yes, that's it. Okay, so we're done with the unacceptables. What else do we have to talk about? Let's go here. Let's go. We are an hour and seven minutes in, and we're not even done yet, guys. We're not even done. So I went a little late this week, okay, but I'm giving you the goods. This will be out in a little bit. Uh, then I have to eat, and uh, I got a late checkout. How great is a late checkout? Late checkouts are the best. I got a 2 o'clock checkout of the hotel, which is awesome. Um, okay. Let's do sports. The New York football giants won in London against the Rams. I was psyched to see that. So now we are four and three. Um, we have off this week, and then we got three games at home in a row, and we got to play the Eagles. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm liking how the defensive backs are playing. I'm enjoying watching them uh, now because uh, the Knicks open up tonight, I believe. Did they open up last night or tonight? Either way, uh, they got they got beat really bad opening night against the Cavaliers. But I expected that. You know, you go into Cleveland the night that the opening night of the season in Cleveland, they get their rings because they won the championship. They raise the banner because they won the championship. It's hard to go in there and win that game. I get that. Um, Knicks kept it close for a little bit. What are you going to do? Uh, and then you got the World Series going on with the Cubs and the Indians. Uh, one team hasn't won it since the 40s. Another team hasn't won it in like 100 and something years, which is the Cubs. And I believe it's two games to one Indians. So the Cubs need to try to tie that tonight. Um, I think it's going to go seven. But um, yeah, it's like it's good for baseball because either way, whichever team wins, some fan base is going to just be so happy because it's, uh, you know, it's been so long and I couldn't imagine like you know like that means that like if you team hasn't won in 100 years that means your entire family everybody's gone who saw it you know unless you have somebody that lived to like 110 or whatever it is like you know if you're a Cubs fan and then I believe the 1940s 47 or 48 the Cleveland um 47 48 or 49 was the last time the Indians won it so that means whoever was alive then I mean that's people are alive but as a, they're older now so uh, that's pretty cool, and it's actually something to watch. It's not like, because I wouldn't watch the World Series, and not that I'm watching it now, I'm going to be honest, but it's now I'll be like, all right, fuck it, I'll watch it for a couple innings, you know. But if it was like the Tigers and the fucking Marlins, like, I'm not watching it. I'm just not. I would just be like, ah, whatever, who's winning? Okay, great, like, change the channel. The Knicks playing? I wouldn't I wouldn't care. The fact that it's like two storied franchises that have not won in so long, it's actually a big story for baseball. It's pretty cool, and the city that wins is going to go fucking ape shit. so. Um, all right. What plugs do I have? What do I have coming up? Well, I have, um, oh my God, my wife is going to kill me. I just realized I got to be in Toronto in the middle of November and I didn't book the flight yet. And she's going to give me shit for it, guys. She's gonna, I'm telling you that right now. You heard it here first. I'm going to get shit for it. Uh, oh, here we go. All these fucking postings. Why, why, why did I do it? Can somebody please stop me from writing shit on Facebook? Anyway, I will be at Toronto's Absolute Comedy. Um, you know I'm not prepared when I'm typing my own schedule in. Like, I'm typing my own website in to find out where I'm going to be. All right, so I'm doing the work for you guys here, but I will tell you guys where I'm going to be because I want you to come out to a show. Um, tomorrow night I'll be in Salem at this place called Rockefellers for the way of life towards the last one. Then I am doing shows at New York Comedy Club. I am doing shows at uh, Dangerfields. I am doing shows at The Stand in November. Then from November 15th, to November 20th, I'll be at Absolute Comedy in Toronto, Canada. Uh, November 25th, I'll be at the Newton Theater with some other funny comedians uh, in uh, Newton, New Jersey. That's on um, November 25th. 
I will be at Gotham Comedy Club November 29th. I will be at The Stand on November 3rd. So there's a bunch. So basically, go to my website, look at the shows, and um, more stuff coming up. Oh, and I will be coming back to Providence. I will be headlining in Providence at the Comedy Connection, but that's next year. Getting next year dates now. That'll be like in February. Um, so some other dates too. Hopefully another uh, Levity Live date, which I know people want to see me do a long set in New York. Levity Live, one of my favorite clubs in America, trying to get that locked down as well. So I will let you guys know about that. That is it for the plugs. That is it for the show. This has been episode uh, 278 of the Verzi Effect. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Check me out on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. And I know I'm going to start using fucking Instagram because Twitter is dying. And of course, Twitter is starting to go down a little bit when I, you know, actually do good at it. But not really. And, you know... It's ridiculous. Like, I was bad at it. Then I did good at it. Then I got, like, you know, I don't know. I, like, all my friends, I just not good with, like, social media all the time except Facebook. And, you know, now Instagram is doing it, and I don't really use Instagram. So, whatever. But if you want to follow me, it's at Paul Verzi, V-I-R-Z-I, and I'll try to get better at uh, Instagram. Uh, Until next time, I'm out of here, guys. Thank you.